Hey friends, this is Holly Goodman, and you're listening to Isaac's Autism Wild podcast, where we focus on topics related to raising loved ones touched by autism and its impact on relationships and family. I'll be sharing some of my personal parenting experiences, raising my son Isaac, who passed away in 2007, as well as an entirely different parenting experience as I now raise my son Caleb, who never ceases to blow my mind with his beautiful autism perspectives. So grab a drink and join me as I interview this week's group of exceptional autism parents. So we are now recording Isaac's Autism Wild podcast. Today is today has an interesting topic, I think. It's the topic is A is for autism and sometimes A-holes because let's be real, we love our kids dearly, but despite autism, they can be A-holes. So I thought it would be kind of fun to break up our quarantine um, stuff that we would talk about some of the reasons and situations where we might be have a story that we could share with other people about how our kiddos with autism can um, challenge challenge us and perhaps be a-holes. I have one, but I'll save it unless somebody has a story that they want to share. Who wants to go first? I can go, I guess. All right, Gerilyn, let's hear your story. So, you know, usually my kid is pretty sweet. Like, he gives the best hugs, and he's just, you know, a kind little soul. But last week, you know, the first week of, like, you know, quarantine time, we decided to go for a walk. We've been going for these walks every day. And we went for a walk to um, a coffee shop that shall not be named. And... We go in that coffee shop and Elaine gets his his cocoa and first the guys kind of get mad at him because they have like a little game machine in there and he's standing there trying to like unplug it and mess with it a little bit and you know the the person at the coffee shop isn't being like super I don't know he isn't being really nice to my son about it but you know it's it's not that big of a deal. But we end up leaving the coffee shop and we're walking out the door with our coffees and the um the person who is, you know, there's one person running the coffee shop. He runs outside. He's like, uh, you should know that your son put our door sign in the toilet. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know what he was thinking, but they have this sign on the door that tells you how to lock the door of the bathroom. And I only remember it because I was in it like a couple days beforehand. Um, and for some reason, Ellen, like he went to the bathroom and he decides to be a little a-hole and like put the sign in the toilet. And I didn't know what to side. say. Like I was pretty upset that he did that in the first place, but I was almost more upset at the person's like reaction to what he did. Yeah. So, well, I mean, obviously when you spent any, even a little bit of time with Elian, you kind of know that obviously he is um, t- on the autism spectrum. So it kind of, yeah. Just, like, right there, right? yeah. I mean, it's, I, I mean, I felt like it was pretty, he made that, pretty obvious just wandering around the shop and just you know I made him order his his drink and everything but you can just tell by his demeanor and everything if I I mean you can just tell but I do think that the person at the coffee shop was a little bit I don't know if he was clueless and I don't know I almost don't want to go back in there anymore and it's one of my favorite places it is because that would be kind of funny I would love to know what's that at some point I want you to tell me the name of the coffee shop. oh I'll tell you (laughs) I I almost like wanted to post this on Facebook last week and just ask people, I'm like, should I keep going there? I mean, 
I like their asking drinks for and asking for a friend, right? Yeah, they're really close to my house. I will say that they're the closest coffee shop to my house. And it's not a national chain, so and you've got to know what it is. Then I know what it is. I definitely yeah. know what it is. Anybody else have a story that they want to share? Uh, I mean, Maria, come on. I feel like you have a lot of good material for me. Yes. Um, I don't even know which one to start with. So Josiah is 13, um, cognitively functions at about a two-year-old level, um, and is most verbal when he is... Um, escalated we shall say uh, one of the latest things that he has done is school has been really hard for him so luckily I guess with the um this whole lockdown is his behaviors have increased immensely and we've actually gotten along well and he's been really successful but during the last couple of weeks at school I was getting kept getting called into the school and for behaviors and I would go in sit and talk to him and kind of watch the teachers do what they do to kind of help modify they need modified with their behaviors not necessarily his because Come to find out most of his behaviors were triggers from their actions. But as he was working with one of his teachers, he slams his hands on the desk, stands up and says, oh, yeah, well, let me tell you something. <laughs> I'm like, Josiah, I can't talk to people like that. We're not going to do that. Uh, and so I went over and re- kind of calmed him down. He's like, mom, I'm done. Want to go home? <laughs> I'm like, no, can't do that. I'm like, you still can't talk to your teachers that way. I just... The whole time, though, I was trying not to laugh because it was kind of hilarious, but totally inappropriate. Because he is basically saying what you want to say, but you can't because you're an adult. Right. Right. Yeah. I also love the fact that as of recently, so I'm sure because you guys have a page dedicated to Josiah and some of his um, recent adventures, a lot of people may know that he has been getting out and wandering, which that in and of itself is a little a-hole-ish. But what I love, yes. is, <laughs> but what I love about like some of this, which is kind of funny and kind of not because I totally feel for you as a parent, but again, he functions at about a two-year-old level, but you guys have had gone to great lengths to have alarms on windows and doors, right? And he, despite his function and ability, has figured out how to disable those alarms so that he can still... Everyone? Yes. Yes. (laughs) So we have alarms in the hallway that you have to reach up to turn on or off and alarms on his windows. And we also have an angel sense that's now on him basically 24-7, at least through the night. And then um, we were keeping it at home while he was at school because in theory, there should be enough eyes on him at school. And then we put the angel sense back on, but he has since learned all of our hiding spots with the angel sense key. And it's like a magnetic key that you would find at retail shops to undo the ink blots on clothing. Uh And so he will go and hide the key and hide his angel sense. Again. Or he'll hide the charger for it. Again, functional <laughs> level of like a two or And he's like, no angel sir? Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> he knows that that's actually the way that you guys track him down. So I love, I mean, I, I hate that, but it's also kind of funny. Oh, yeah. But a whole-ish, if, if we're being totally honest. <laughs> Right. A hole is for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Or my favorite is he'll stand in the doorway with his alarm on. And the alarm, mind you, sounds like the 7-Eleven, like ding dong. So he'll stand in his room while the alarm on and move in and out of the sensor. So it constantly goes off. Oh, how charming is that? 
oh, just to mess with us because because he'll smile or he'll look at us and he'll just have that mysterious look on his face. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. you know what you're doing. Totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I, I give you, I give him two thumbs up for that, that little a-hole story. So anybody else have any <laughs> wonderful chair of a-hole stories that they can share with us? Nobody's going. Oh, <laughs> no, I was just, I have just mainly one story that I can think of other than, you Only know, just one? coming with language. <laughs> but, um, Kira, went, Kira is five and she went on her first field trip with her class last year. And, uh, Granted, she's in a special services class, so all the kids in her class all are on the spectrum um, with varying kind of levels. Kira's on kind of like that moderate level. And um, I was one of the parent volunteers. We went on our field trip, and there is a child that they have that two people are walking with him. He's very sensory sensitive, and he brings two toys with him. (laughs) And she decides... Oh, those are, that's what I want to carry is those toys because they'll look way better than whatever I have. Yeah. So she goes over, they're having a bit of a debate on this toy, which was a, I think it was the Incredibles Jack Jack. She wanted Jack Jack. And um, I guess they figured out a solution of like, okay, she can have it for a little bit because we can distract him with some other things, uh, which was nice. Um, But she refused to give them back when he decided (laughs) these other distractions were not as uh, worthy as Jack Jack. So we had this debate with her trying to give it back and he'd have a meltdown because he wanted his toy. She'd have a meltdown because he wants his toy. So just a bit of a back and forth. So that was tricky. We, we figured that out. Um, then I look over as we're filing out, getting ready to leave this field trip and she's just drinking somebody's soda. Oh. A lady standing there with a cup and she's just like walks over there and starts drinking her drink. And the lady's like, ah. <laughs> What do I do? What yeah. do I do? Oh, I don't have just any of those stories with Cooper. Oh, it's awesome. Having a good old sip on her soda. I got a good one. Yeah, John's got a great story, actually, because we're on that topic. So, uh, this is John again, and uh, we're at my brother's house, actually, today. So, uh, we had an interesting situation with Cooper here when uh, we were all downstairs and uh, kind of really, you know, socializing. Chilling out. Yeah, and Cooper was nowhere to be found. And then uh, we found him in Grandpa's room. (laughs) And uh, Grandpa, uh, so Cooper's, uh, at that time, was 16. Right. Yeah, he's 16. 16. He had ma- found the magic uh, magic thing between his legs and uh, went to Grandpa's room. That it and, works. Yep, and went to Grandpa's room and went to town and left a couple deposits in Grandpa's bed. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's just him being an a-hole. He is a good man, so he's probably predicated to be an a-hole, but, you know, that's kind of... Well, like, no, but here's... I'm going to be totally honest. If we're totally honest, like, so he's now... This is something we're having to deal with periodically, and, of course, he doesn't want to do that in his own bed, because why make your own yeah, bed why messy? Why would you mess up your own bed? So we're having to now lock everybody's <laughs> bedrooms. <laughs> everybody's shaking their heads now. So we're having to lock everybody's bedrooms because, again, he's liable to climb in handle business and then get up and go get in his own bed because it's nice and clean and so um yeah so and he also is the same kid where when we go to walmart we have to there was this little kid that was eating popcorn chicken that his mom had bought him in the shopping cart and then all of a sudden um i noticed that cooper's chewing something and i'm like what the heck is that well he helped himself to this little like three-year-old's um popcorn chicken that was like, you know, just, you know, rolling by. And of course, yeah, the kid's, you know, like looking at his empty popcorn chicken thing. And here's 
Cooper going to town and enjoying the popcorn chicken. So anyway, I had to buy a replacement bucket of little popcorn chicken for that kid. But yeah, it's always kind of an adventure with Cooper um, lately. Yes. So between food and then just making sure bedrooms are securely locked. Don't even get started on brownies. Oh yeah, we're not even going to talk about the That's a side conversation. So hey, David, I think you had a story to share with us. I'm not even sure it's a story more than just a state of being. Morgan's got three speeds, which is uh, sweet, neutral, and asshole. I mean, those are the three. And there's just, that's, it's a constant um, throughout the course of life. And I think what you really can attribute it to is, and I don't know if anyone can relate to this, she cannot see beyond her immediate needs. Um, I told the story over the summer, but I guess it you know bears retelling that she had just decided summer vacation means no rules. Oh, yeah. So when we'd go collect her iPad at 10 o'clock at night, she just, I'd walk in, she's like, you were supposed to forget the rules. I'm like, well, I didn't. So we're going to need the iPad. I'm, like, well, I'm going to call the police. I'm like, what are you going to tell them? I'm going to tell them you murdered somebody and you're going to admit that you did. I'm like, well, uh, you know, if you're able to get a hold of the police, I'll have that conversation when the time comes, but we need the iPad. And then she would take off down the block out of the house, making good on her threat um, to leave us because we're a horrible family. And we get that you're a horrible mom, horrible dad, just like all the time. Um, you know, that's one example. But I'm just thinking even recently um, in that it just comes across as really obtuse in that. I swear to God, if she wants for something like um, her salt and vinegar lays, we could be in a scenario where like, sweetie, I want to get you your chips, but mom's got a gun to her head. Piper's having somebody throw bits of acid in her eye. It's not being hung upside down, a threat of murder. She's like, okay, so what about my chips? I mean, literally, she doesn't have the capability to have any sort of context other than the very thing she needs right in that moment. And so it's almost like a protective mechanism, but um, she is when whenever we utter, we have the just audacity to utter the word the word no. We're always in danger of her reconsidering her you know station in the family and the fact that she's going to trade us in for other parents because other parents don't say no. We're the only parents on earth. We're the worst, most horrible parents because we asked her, you know, after her six hour session on the iPad to get off for thirty minutes to do homework which is completely unreasonable. But again, it's just a situation where that's just how she's wired. And on the flip side of that, she doesn't interact with anybody other than us that way. She doesn't unleash that on teachers, friends, um, you know, anybody else. They all talk about how sweet she is, which is great, I guess, that she reserves it just for us. Um, But I mean, the things that she says to her sister, I mean, just the most God, you should have never been born. Why did you have another kid? You guys should never have had more than one um, to the point where she said, uh, you know, we should kill her. Oh, my God. Um, I, I, no, I know. Look, I don't know. She would ever follow through on these type of things. Yeah. But it's, it, it's just a constant. It's not an incident. It's just kind of a daily deal. Yeah. Well, that's because, you know, again, what you're saying, if there, there has to be that level of empathy and compassion and and. It's, and that actually segues nicely, David, into my story about Caleb, because, again, everybody thinks that Caleb is the most, like, you know, sweet, kind, wonderful, high-functioning kiddo with autism that you'll ever meet. But let me just tell you, when you're talking about himself, um, you know, understand that, you know, I'm remarried to John, and Caleb has a great relationship with John, loves John. 
um, loves his dad. Um, and he and I have been divorced for five years, but Caleb just, you know, like about six months ago was still just expressing that he's just pissed that his dad and I are divorced. And, um, because, you know, he's just pissed about it. And when I ask him like, okay, so what are, what exactly are you pissed about? You know, you like John, you know, you still, your dad and John get along great. I mean, even for birthdays, we, you know, like we'll go even to family birthday dinners together. Um, so what really here is the problem and, and, and his answer is, is that, well, it's just really inconvenient for him to have to remember to grab his iPad before he goes over to his dad's house for the weekend. So, um, like, oh, okay. So, like, you know, forget mom being happy. Um, you know, and I use the analogy to try and explain to him, like, okay, so pretend like you woke up today and you put your shoes on the wrong feet. Okay? It's functional. You can live life and, you know, meander through life, you know no problem. It's not the most comfortable, but it's, it's, it's okay. Um, how would that make you feel? And he says, well, I would hate it. And he well, it's kind of the same thing when you're married to someone that's just like not a perfect fit. And so, you know, your dad and I got divorced, you know, he's happy in his life. I'm happy in my life. And he's still pissed off about having to remember and take the responsibility to, to grab that damn iPad and, and remember to take it to dad's house by God. So, um, so even as nice and compassionate as he can be, he still is very selfish in that, you know, God forbid, if it's an inconvenience on him, then, then that's, that's not good. So Tanya, do you have any stories about your little cherubs? You've certainly got to have a story for us if you're joining us today. My son is nine, Logan. Um, And I have lots of stories because in fact, we on his, um, unlike he doesn't just release his stuff at home like you, David, but he actually unleashes everything at school too. And so it's even better. (laughs) In fact, his behavior chart at school, they actually have a column that tracks rude comments. Yep. I want to see the chart. Like, I just kind of like, is it wrong of me to kind of want to know what his rude comments are? Because is he winning that competition, by the way? (laughs) We're working on that. So that's why he has absolutely no filter. And he just say whatever comes to his mind. So, for example, um, this was yesterday morning here at house. You know, I'm stuck like homeschooling him, which is not my favorite thing to do, even though I'm in teacher um and i had just eaten a banana and he has a very sensitive like smell like when things don't smell the way he likes and so he'll just flat out tell you if your breath smells bad (laughs) and so he told me he could not do his schoolwork because my breath did not smell right he's like you must have forgotten to brush your teeth is what he told me i was like i did not forget to brush my teeth and he just went off on how well he's like well i can't do schoolwork because i can't be near you right now Oh my gosh, Colleen Peel, which is one of the teachers that we do a lot of work with, she said that she has a student that gives her feedback about her breath. So now, because she's not allowed to drink coffee, and if she does, she has to have a certain number of breath mints. I mean, it's this whole hysterical little thing between the two of them. So I, I know you're not the only one that that's yeah. That's the I have to. So I had to go it's just so he would continue like doing his schoolwork. I had to go get gum <laughs> because he was refusing to do schoolwork because he said he couldn't be near me. So. Oh, that's just charming. Yeah. And so he constantly just says whatever comes to his mind. If he's frustrated, he'll just call 
people a name at school if he's yeah that's why we're tracking his rude comments he just has no filter if you if he comes into your house and it's really messy he will tell you that's Um, awesome that yeah well you know Caleb does that too at school because you know like one of my favorite things that he did what he did they rearranged the classroom and so he had a new seating assignment and he announced to the teacher in front of all of his classmates that he couldn't possibly sit where she had assigned him because he can't sit next to the stupid kids That sounds so much like something Logan would say. Yeah, so of course I get the phone call from the teacher saying, like, he can't talk like that. That was very rude. I'm like, yeah, you're right. It is totally rude. But did anybody ask him, like, wow, that's a kind of a weird thing to say? Like, what makes you think this is where the stupid kids are? And he said, well, because um, the smart kids are over there and I can't sit next to people that use their eraser on the paper because they make too many mistakes and it hurts my ears. Um, So, I mean, there was a reason to his like method to his madness. But again, um, Caleb, that is not a way to win friends and influence people when you're just making an announcement in a classroom that you can't sit next to the stupid kids. So, yeah. So we're still working on that whole like, you know, what you say impacts like friendships. Like that's a whole thing. Yep, that's something we're very much working on, too. We're working on, like, when we go over to people's house for dinner, how we don't, if you don't like what they've served, you don't say, oh, this is disgusting, because that's the first thing that will often come from Logan's mouth. Yeah, or it smells like, like shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> we're working on how to, like, I was like, that could hurt someone's feelings just because you're a picky eater. So. Yeah, that is so funny. Bonnie, we haven't heard your funny story about your little cherubs. Like, do you have anything that you want to, any, some great stories to share? Oh, man, probably too many. I can't <laughs> wait. Um, well, so Evan's just more, Evan is 11, and he's just more of the, he's going to take whatever he wants, and that's just how it is. So we've had a lot of restaurant incidences where he just walks over and takes stuff off of people's plates and when and actually yells at the person like they're doing something wrong so that's always good and um jackson's the harder one he's eight um because he's the type that'll just say what he wants to say so he's a smeller and so if he shakes your hand he'll smell his hand and then ask you why your hand stinks. Um, Oh, that's funny. We were in um, Walmart and uh, some guy obviously farted and then he was like, oh, mom, that guy stinks so bad and why did you stink and why did you do that? And I was like, oh, man, I got to get out of here now. Like, this is just, this is just not good. And, um, yeah, Jackson will just... Yeah, he'll literally just say whatever he wants to say. He won't let anybody break rules at school, screams at him if they do. And to him, he's just, you know, that's just how it is. You don't break a rule. And uh, so, yeah, friendships are definitely hard for him if you don't do things exactly how he wants, exactly, you know. He's a rule follower. And rule followers, you know, they're great when it comes to the teacher. I will tell you at school, because Caleb is the rule follower, and the teacher figured out that she could ask Caleb, you know, hey, what happened when I was out of the room? Like, blah, 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 blah. And he'll recount every little detail. And then he can't figure out why nobody wants to not be his friend because, well, you're the tattletale, right? Like, you're the reason why people are getting in trouble. 
And I'm telling you what, it happened with his sister because it was like he had to tattle on his sister. So then he figured out what we, we taught him was nobody likes to tattle tales. So we were like, you know, so then it's that conflict, Bonnie. And I don't know if your kiddo is the same way, but so he knows he can't tell a lie because like that's just hardwired. But then also, too, he, now he knows he's not supposed to tattle. So now what he does is when he gets in that situation where it's like, ooh, to tattle, or to like tell a lie. Ooh, conflict. What do I do? So now it's like, I just need my mom. I just need my mom. I just need my mom. Because he's like, I don't know what to do. So at least we've gotten to that point. Um, so yeah, J- Jackson will go. We've, we've had to tell him that too. And then he'll, what he'll do is he'll come to me and he'll say, uh, Hey mom, I am not tattling, yeah. but I just thought maybe you would want to know just what's going on in the house right now. Yeah. If this was to happen, I thought maybe you might want to know. I mean, just only if, like if. Right. I, I would say probably the, wor- the worst thing he ever did that made me, I didn't even know what to do is we were in therapy. He was throwing a fit. Therapy was over. I got him drug into the elevator and this poor guy was in there. Didn't know what was going on. And uh, I-, I told him, sorry, I'm trying to calm my son down. And I don't know why, but Jackson just turned around and just punched the guy in the nuts. Oh, God. (laughs) The guy dropped down. I didn't even know what, what do you say? I mean, I, I, I just said, sorry. And, uh, we got to get out of here quick. Get in the car and hope he doesn't get our license plate number. (laughs) Right. I mean, sometimes there's just nothing you can say. Like, I'm so sorry, but I'm going to just leave you here to recover. (laughs) I just thought the story he went home and told his wife was probably. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Bonnie, I think we have everybody else on mute, but I know everybody was like laughing in their cameras, like when I was watching. So I think that one probably um, takes the cake for uh, like that awkward moment of, yeah, a whole behavior. I don't know about you guys, but. Like it's, I've talked to, we have some families who have kiddos with dual diagnosis of Down syndrome and autism. And I know that in the autism community, um, you know, like the, the, public perception of kiddos or people with Down syndrome is that, oh, they're just so happy and loving. And then, of course, too, when you actually talk to those parents, they're just like, are you kidding me? Like, literally, like, they're a-holes, too, right? And so um, the difference between Down syndrome and, of course, autism is, is that there is, like, a physical characteristic so people can see that, oh, this is a kiddo with Down syndrome. And so... Um, with autism, of course, you know, it's an invisible disorder for at times until maybe you observe or, you know, like, um, if you have more experience with autism more so than others. And so I think it's kind of interesting because, you know, we, um, I think people do kind of give certain, like our Down syndrome um, parents a little bit more grace because of course, you know, it's a little bit more obvious that they have children with diagnoses, but also they get really frustrated because um, that perception that the, their, their kiddos are little angels and just so loving and affectionate. And then when you actually hear them start telling stories about their kiddos being a-holes, it makes you feel a lot better about like things in the world. Like I have to be honest with you, it's always nice to hear that I'm not the only person that has a kiddo that's a little bit of an a-hole. So, um, which is the whole reason why I thought we should podcast on this topic is that um, we are not alone. We probably have a thousand stories. Anybody have any other stories that their memory was jogged by a story that was relayed? Um, it's just, I could probably come up with, uh, I mean, there was, just to reiterate your point, we were at a friend's house and 
they have a daughter who is also on the spectrum, but then um, they have another daughter who's got really severe issues of like cerebral palsy and, um, well, cerebral palsy. I mean, she's nonverbal. She's just physically very affected and everything, but she's just this sweet little girl. And so um, in Maddie's house, we Maddie and Lily. So we were over there and uh, luckily uh, Meg was out of town and there was a dance at the school that night. And so uh, she uh, volunteered the mom to do the girl's hair because good God, I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went over there and this little girl, Lily, uh, was watching something on her video uh, on her tablet and getting really, you know, happily stimulated by it, but she was uh, doing so in a way in which she was rocking and making noises. And uh, at some point Morgan finally says, you know what, that's kind of cute and a little bit annoying. (laughs) And the thing is like, but the good news is everybody in the room understood the lack of filter because we were all special needs parents. And, you know, this, this is just day to day stuff that anything that we say to each other is unfazed, but when more, you know, when Morgan goes on a rant in the middle of the store and just says, you guys are horrible parents, I need new parents in front of other parents, it's quite shocking. Oh, yeah. I mean, and they look at you like, you know, is this how you discipline your daughter? And it's just like, I'm fine to interact with these people. It's like, yeah. And if you want to take over, be my guest. There she is. Have her for a couple of days. Let me know how that goes. Feel free when you're um, overwhelmed and, and done, feel free to hand her back. No, I think that that's absolutely true. Um, you know, and that's the thing is, I guess it's interesting too when, you know, changing kind of the the scope of what we're talking about here, but it's interesting because how I have to deal with Caleb and his a-hole moments and how I deal with my two teenage um, high schoolers and even my daughter um, and their a-hole moments are are different because, you know, like Caleb, I have a lot more grace when he looks at my gray hair because it's kind of coming up now because we we're in quarantine world now people so I haven't had my hair colored recently um and then he looks at my gray hair and he says oh mom you have gray hair I'm sorry you're gonna die soon um now again I have more grace for Caleb because again I have to you know like and work through this whole hey Caleb thought bubble talk bubble you know again you see my gray hair it's really not very polite to them comment on the fact that I'm gonna die soon because that's not true but now again when my teenage boys um, in the 10th grade start popping off about my gray hair and like how I'm going to kick the bucket soon. Like, Oh man, I like, you know, just like both barrels blazing right there. Because again, I, my tolerance for those two guys, cause they should know better is a little bit different. So, um, do any of you guys have instances where, um, your kid, your other neurotypical, um, kids have opinions as to how we should be treating these a-hole moments, or is it just in my world that my kids are always like commenting on what a crappy parent I am, um, in terms of, of my tolerance for the one I think Bonnie wants to share. Well, I have six kids and yeah, they definitely will say that you know, I let them get away with too much. I baby them too much. And, um, it, it does make it really hard. Cause you try to explain, okay, they have to be disciplined different. Um, Evan's new thing. Somehow he, he was looking up, um, big hero six on the computer and he found the big Lebowski, uh, 
when you have echolalia, probably not the right show to watch. Yeah. And so, you know, he's running around the house going, give me the drug, shithead. <laughs> and, you know, don't fuck with us. And I'm like, oh, God, oh, God, no, no. So then we're sitting down, explain to the kids. We don't say that. And then my other kid's like, well, why does Evan get to say don't fuck with us? I'm like, no, do not say that. You he doesn't get, you know, it's like you're trying to explain like he, you know. It's different, and uh, I just, it's a hot mess in my house. In this quarantine time, I'm telling you, it is a big hot mess over here. Yeah, I'm not going to survive, Bonnie. I just, I don't know about the rest <laughs> of you people, but it's like, it's moment to moment. It's not even day to day at this point. Like, literally, I was very lucky that um, John's brother took the two teenagers, like, overnight, because, like, literally, I was going to kill them. I was yeah. literally going to, but that's the thing. So then, of course, Tyler and Trevor are always happy to point out that, like, you know, oh, if I would have done that, you know, I would have gotten smacked or I would have been this or I would have been that. And it's like, you know, so they think that the world is, you know, like such an unfair place for them to exist because, you know, it's different. Unfortunately, life is just different. And um, hopefully someday they'll figure that out. Hey, you know what, what I often do is kind of turn it around on them when they, cause my kids do that too. And I kind of say, well, wait a minute, that might be true, but let's think about this. Would you, would you really want autism? I mean, would think about what this means. Think about how hard it is for the boys. Think about all the therapies that they do in the house. Think about all the things they have to miss out on because they just can't handle the sensory. Think about all these things that you guys get to do and, and understand and, um, you know, uh, get, you get to go explore the world where Evan's going to live with mommy forever, you know? And so once you kind of put it down to that level, then it, it kind of makes them feel like crap a little bit. So. God, I wish I could find that. <laughs> I also talk, tell my boys about personal freedoms, but they don't give two hoots about any personal freedoms because they have a lot more personal freedoms than of course Caleb has. But, um, yeah, they forget about those things. Bonnie, I had to bust that one out, uh, recently, by the way, too, because when, uh, Piper said, Morgan always gets what she wants. Like, oh, really? Do you think she wanted autism? It was the first time in their entire life where I just, I just went there. I would sworn I wasn't going to go there, and I just went there. Because it's like, you know, let's get a little dose of perspective here. Um, on the flip side, um, I don't even know if this pertains to this particular uh, podcast, but we're going there anyway. So it's on the okay. way You're home on from school the other it's day, okay. You're on Morgan is... Yeah, I know, particularly sensitive to certain things. And she had said that there was some boys in her class that were saying some bad words. And Meg and Piper and Morgan were in the car. And, uh, you know, so Piper's looking to investigate. So it's like, well, what kind of words? Well, I don't know. It's like, well, what does it start with? What's one of them? And Morgan's like, one of them is an F. And Piper's like, oh, so you mean fuck? <laughs> she never said that in her life. And so um, Morgan's like, yeah. And Meg's like, well, okay, yeah, some kids. And Piper's like, does the other one start with S? Yeah. Oh, you mean shit. I'm like, she's never <laughs> said these words in her life. But uh, a little levity in the moment of asshole world. It's pretty cute that Piper was interpreting the words. That's awesome. Maria, you have something to share. Yes. Um, so I guess two things. One's to piggyback off of what you were saying, Holly, about disciplining. And unfortunately, I haven't learned that skill about disciplining differently. Um, poor Josiah has the same ramifications as the other boys. Um, so I guess my grace with him is minuscule compared to what it should be. So that's something I should probably work on. 
because if he's acting in such a way that if the boys were, I discipline him the same. So thanks for bringing that to light and I can focus on that. But secondly, one thing that he does is pure assholeism is he will flip his lid and scream and yell every time Brooklyn's singing. We can, I can sing in the car, no problem. People, other people can be singing. And Brooklyn is his sister, so let's be clear, right? So that people know who Brooklyn is. Brooklyn is his little sister, and she's, oh, yeah. she's in the camera view, and you're just absolutely adorable, Brooklyn. And I would never scream and lose my mind if you sing. So, yeah, so he'll come into our room and, like, raise his fist at her and just start screaming and yelling. He doesn't do that to anybody else. Just her. Quick look. You're being an ass, not <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, and the thing is, too, Josiah doesn't have as much language. So sometimes, you know, like when Caleb, you know, says, oh, I'm sorry, you're going to die soon because of your gray hair. It's one of those things where it's kind of like, you know, whatever. But, you know. There isn't that sitting in there reasoning with him and explaining situations. Yeah. It's just cut to the chase. Like, listen. Yeah. When you're talking about it, behavior to behavior. Yeah. Any other stories that anybody wants to share or comments they want to make before we end this podcast? I don't really have a story, but I will just say with um, Kara has limited speech and as she makes games, we are starting to see sassiness, which is uh, lovely. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what comes with language when you're five. <laughs> I know, right? It's like, wait, start I know, right? So we're at OT and they're asking her to do something and she's like, mm, no, we're, we're not going to be doing that, actually. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Okay. I don't know if I should be upset or happy because she's actually responding the way she would. And I think, obviously, too, Maria probably would say the same thing. It's like, here, we've worked so long and hard. And Bonnie, you probably would agree, too. We've worked so long and hard to get language development. And then all of a sudden, when they start actually using it, and it's not doesn't meet our parent expectations, it's like, wait, why, why are we spending all this money and time doing speech? I've learned to hate the word no thank you. I, I taught that to my kids, but Evan, who has very limited speech, I swear about a thousand times a day I have to hear, oh, by the way, he calls me Bonnie. He doesn't call me mom. And so I have to hear, uh, no thank you, Bonnie. No thank you, Bonnie, like all day long. And I'm like, here, I'm teaching them an, a word and uh, I'll tell you, that kid. <laughs> all right. Well, I appreciate everybody taking time out of their quarantine to be on my podcast because Lord knows um, it actually, it breaks up the day having to parent and try and homeschool like four kids at home. So, um, all right, guys. Well, I appreciate you joining me for this particular podcast, which like I said, I feel like there's a lot of great content out there. And this was just a small smattering of autism parents that could join me today. I'm sure that there's probably a thousand more stories that other parents could jump in and share. And so we may actually do this particular podcast again, because it's just good comic relief, I think. So um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this episode today. And um, good luck to all of you. Um, like be successful and survive your, your, it's not surviving the, the, the virus. It's surviving basically being at home with our little cherubs, right? That's really what, what the challenge is. So we'll end this particular podcast. And that's it for now. If you want to be notified of our next podcast release, be sure to hit subscribe and just remember we're all in this together. So find your tribe and hold them tight.